Welcome back to the Therapy for Real Life podcast. This is not therapy, this is real life. I'm your host, Anna Lindbergh Cedar, and today we are finishing part two of a series I like to call Relationship Superpowers. If you tuned in to the last episode, you heard me talk about rebroadcasting content that is in fact the most popular that we've seen from the Therapy for Real Life podcast series to date. Today is the second part of that conversation. If you listened in, you heard me talk about how we can infuse mindfulness and reality acceptance concepts into research-backed communication skills. Last episode, we talked about validation as an effective communication strategy to show the other person that you're speaking with that you are in fact listening and in fact that there are special skills that you can use to display effective listening and actually make sure that you heard that person correctly. Today we continue on with effective communication as you hear me talk about more content that's rebroadcast from a previous episode, today highlighting how to ask for what you want. You'll hear me share strategies from dialectical behavior therapies, research-backed concepts to help you personalize communication in your own life. I hope you enjoy the show And please reach out to me through therapyforreallife.com or rate and review or share the show with those in your community to help make self-care and burnout prevention concepts more accessible because self-care is for everywhere. I hope you enjoy the episode. I'm really excited to be back with you for today's episode because we are going to continue in our series on DBT skills, specifically relationship superpowers. So we're going to talk more about communication and how to ask for what you want. This is actually one of the most popular skills that folks ask for when they are coming to therapy. Um, And what I think you'll find is that communication or troubleshooting communication overlaps with so many other problems and challenges that folks face. So, you know, whether you're in a relationship, a partnership, um, at work, if you're managing anxiety and depression and trying to figure out what your needs are and also you know, engage your community to get those needs met. So it turns out that communication is a really critical ingredient when we think about burnout prevention, self-care, and just enjoying your life in general. So I'm going to share with you a skill from DBT, and the research shows that this is a really effective way 
to ask for what you want. It turns out that the research um, has actually, you know, tested out different communication strategies and DBT, this effective mood management counseling tool, includes effective communication because that's important to getting your needs met. So it turns out there are certain steps that you can take to improve your communication and say things in a way that help people understand what you're trying to communicate. So I am going to explain it is a multi-step process and I want you to think about each step carefully because because of all the care that was taken um, in designing these steps and the research shows that each one is important. So let's walk through them together. What DBT teaches us is that there are two parts of communication. First of all, there is the what to say, right? So, um, you know, these are the actual words that come out of your mouth and you pick and choose carefully and you take your time to do your homework to prepare them, to say them well. And then there's also the how to say it. So we're going to look at both of those parts. And if you're following along with DBT, DBT calls this skill Dear Man, which is an acronym. It's not my favorite name, I have to say. I think a lot of people can feel kind of triggered by that name. It doesn't sound great. Um, Sounds like you're talking kind of to the man. I mean, maybe that could be powerful if you're thinking of asking for a change. Um, In my mind, I like to switch it to Dear Mandy because it's gender neutral. And actually, there's a, you know, um, part that we can add on at the end with um, adding DY to the acronym. But let's just start with the first part of communication, which is what to say. So when you think about what to say, this is the D-E-A-R, part of the Dear Mandy. The D stands for describe. This is where mindfulness is going to be really important because with communication and with mindfulness, we remember that you cannot describe what you cannot observe. Okay, so our job in communication is to describe the situation as neutrally as possible, almost like you were a detective reporting just the facts. So this is a reminder that we are going to practice really good boundaries because you can't describe what is invisible to you. This means that you can't really see someone else's inner thoughts or motivations or even all of the things that have ever happened to them in their life. You can't see those things. And so it's really not fair to describe what you can't see. But what effective communication teaches us is that you for sure can describe your own experience, your internal world, and that this is actually really important to effective communication is 
just like a, a really good writer writes what they know, in effective communication, you're going to communicate what you know, and you're going to take care um, not to kind of talk about someone else's experience without firsthand knowledge. So, you know, what I just described, this is the difference between an I statement and a you statement, right? So um, that's one of the critical ingredients to good communication is that as much as possible, you really try to describe um, the reality that is immediately accessible to you. So that's your experience. So describing the situation as neutrally as possible. So you're not rounding up, you're not rounding down, you're not exaggerating. You know, the classic example is, you know, I made dinner for you at 7 p.m. Uh, hoping that we could eat together, right? So I can't describe, um, you know, I don't know anything about that person's day. I'm describing the facts at hand, right? I'm not saying they're a good for nothing who doesn't think about me or they're reckless or irresponsible. I, I can't actually observe any of those things, even if, you know, in a moment of, upset, the words may come to my mind. With effective communication, you're describing what you can see. That's the first step, as neutrally as possible. And that's why mindfulness is important to help you just take a pause and, and gather the facts. Where you really start to educate the person that you're talking with if you, know, if you have an active audience, this is um, going to really help them. The E is you're expressing your feelings. You're also expressing the impact of the situation that you just described, right? So most people, you know, the reason why communication is so important is that most people kind of go through their routine, go through their life, go through their habits doing what works until there's a reason why it no longer works. This is just kind of how, um, you know, human behavior works. So if somebody has a behavior that you don't like, but you don't say anything about it, they might not know really what an impact it has. So this is where you do your due diligence. Step two is describing what's the impact of that situation. So again, you know, classic example, I made dinner at 7 p.m. hoping that we could eat together. Step two, express. So the example would be, I felt disappointed when you didn't come home at dinner time, and I started to worry about where you were. Right, so um, this adds information to the other person's understanding of why I'm so upset. I was actually worried, right? So, um, you know, to avoid miscommunication, we want to be really clear with the other person and, and actually give them information about the impact of that situation. Okay, as it turns out with good communication, you actually have to say specifically uh, what you need. This is, this is how to ask for what you want. You have to state a specific need 
when you ask for what you want. Help the listener understand exactly what you need by giving a specific suggestion. So in that same example, hey, hun, can you text me when you can't make it home for dinner by 7 p.m.? Right, so a really gentle, specific, reasonable ask. Um, I didn't ask them to change, you know, their personality or anything like that. But hey, could you send me a text if you can't make it? Um, you know, step four is what's at stake. So that's the R in dear reward. So you're going to remind the listener what's at stake by explaining the positive benefits that come with fulfilling your request. So you're looking for rewards that you have in common. So with that dinner example, that way, you know, if I know you're not going to be home by seven, I can save you a plate and I can do my own thing without worrying since I know you'll be out. Right. And that's a benefit that's great for both of you. So, you know, that person can go have other plans if they want to, you know, to plan your time as well. And you're not worried. That worry problem is resolved because you have good communication. So asking for what you want, the what to say is the dear part. So you're describing, you're expressing, you're asking for something really specific. And it helps to just ask for one thing at a time. And then you are reinforcing that. This is kind of the carrot or the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. What's the point? Why is this important to you? And sometimes that reward is you scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. You know, you take the garbage out this week, I'll take it out next week. It doesn't have to be tit for tat in that way. It can be. Sometimes that's very supportive. What tends to be most motivating for relationships are actually those emotional rewards that you can share together. So, you know, like that dinner example, that way I don't have to worry about you. You know, we care about other people's feelings. So when you share, you know, oh, I'll just be in a much better mood when you get home, right? And that way we can have quality time together. So you're really specifying what, what, what are you going to get out of this? You know it takes effort for the person to change their behavior. It's very motivating to give them a reminder of the benefits. You could also use negative consequences like, um, you know, if you don't pay your rent on time, you, we're going to need to evict you. Um, you know, if you um, hurt me, I'm going to call the police. Sometimes you do have to put um, real consequences in place. If you're working with someone who is really kind of hearing you out and um, collaborative in that way, it tends to be most motivating to focus on the positive rewards. That's just part one. What to say? Now, how to say it. What I like about DBT's approach, it's, it's not manualized, even though there's a lot of steps to it. Um, it's, it's really personal. So that's important with communication because, you know, even in a podcast, I, I can't tell you what to say. Um, it's going to, you have to rely on your intuition and your values and your priorities 
to decide what's what's most important to you and and actually when to speak up um, perhaps versus when to bite your tongue because that's a decision in and of itself. So the first ingredient in the how to say it part, this is the M in the Mandy, is stay mindful of your goals. So you might want to ask yourself, how do I want to feel after this conversation is over? That's about the relationship, right? Um, And how you kind of act, right? If I call customer service and I yell at someone and I you know, get the bill taken care of, but I feel kind of yucky about the interaction afterwards, that's not going to feel good. So, you know, maybe keeping my cool um, is is one of my goals. You might want to ask yourself, what's important here? What's most important here? So if you feel flooded during communication and, you know, you, you need to take take a break and come back and Pick one thing to zero in on because you might have to balance a few different priorities. You know, staying mindful. What's what is really important here? And staying mindful of your objectives. You know, these are the three ingredients of that other episode. We talked about self-care and relationships. You're balancing the needs of the relationship, you're balancing your objectives, you're balancing your own dignity and self-respect. So before you enter any kind of communication, what's going to help you stay more effective is staying mindful to, you know, what are my goals here? A, dear Mandy, A is appear confident. So this this helps the listener pay attention is what it is. It's not pretending, you know, you might not feel confident. It's not necessarily fake it till you make it. What it is, it is a communication strategy. So you are communicating to the person you're talking with that this is important to you. So you're going to behave as if this import, this issue is really important to you because it is. You're going to play by the rules. You're going to respect the person that you're talking with. You're going to act as if that relationship is really important to you as well. Um, And you're going to appear confident by keeping your shoulders up, making good eye contact, not asking, you know, overly asking for permission or saying, I'm sorry for your preferences or true feelings. You can appear confident and secure because you've thought about this. This is that staying mindful part. is be ready to negotiate. So if you are really trying to be an effective communicator, it does help to have a little bit of a backup plan and to know the difference between your core needs and any areas of flexibility. So you're willing to negotiate in proportion to those needs. This is, you know, negotiating for a salary. You might ask for one salary range and Um, Be willing to take lower if you get more vacation days. You're willing to negotiate in accordance with your values. And you're going to listen to your gut in setting appropriate boundaries. So DBT calls it dear man. Um, You know, describe, express, ask, um, reward is the what to say. And then the how to say it 
uh, is mindful, um, appear confident, um, be willing to negotiate. And then just because I don't like that acronym, um, I added the DY at the end, um, which is a nice excuse to just say, do you, um, and make this authentic. So even though there are a lot of steps to what to say and how to say it, you're going to pick you're going to pick the best moment because you know your listener. You're going to put it in words that, you know, don't sound overly clinical or cold. You're going to say it in language that, that person can hear and you're going to do it um, you know, thinking about your your priorities and what's important and and you are going to know best. So, it's just a kind of a gentle reminder to keep in mind. So going back to that, you know, um, you know, that person who made dinner for their partner and they show up late and, you know, so, hey, honey, I made dinner last night hoping that we could eat together and I felt worried about you when you didn't make it home. Could you send me a text? You know, I'd really appreciate that. You know, the how to say it part is, is staying mindful, staying present, talking with this person as if it's important, you know, saying hey, it's okay if, you know, you forget sometimes, just, you know, I would appreciate it if you just try, um, and modeling that really good communication. Ways that you might want to try using this, I would say, with good communication, it's like any skill, it really does help to practice, So perhaps don't try this out with um, the hardest conversation you've ever had or talking about your deepest, darkest secret or um, moving mountains. I would say try it with something really easy and accessible. Um, You know, hey, hon, I noticed you bought whole milk the last two times uh, we went to the grocery store and my doctor recommended 1%. Do you mind getting me a quart of that? The next time you go, it would just make me feel better about following the doctor's recommendations. Is that is that all right? Um, you can try it with the small stuff. You can copy and paste the format and turn it into your own little handout and write down what you would say to someone uh, before you see them in person or before you text them. I know folks who take this and copy and paste it into emails, and it's helped them negotiate salary raises and title changes. And, um, you know, this is a change-based skill. So you are asking someone to help you improve the situation by making a change, which means choosing your words very carefully and perhaps making um, minor changes in your, your style and your approach. If that felt overwhelming to hear all those little steps, I would encourage you to check out. I do have a handout for um, the Dear Mandy skill. It's Right now it's on Instagram, so sorry for a little plug for Instagram, but you'll find me on Therapy for Real Life. Um, that's my handle on there, and look for the, uh, let's see, how to ask for what you want infographic. There's a little standout with a red kind of quote call out that you'll see. And um, you can also Google about DBT and Dear Man and maybe even look for, you know, if you Google examples of Dear Man, you'll probably find some good 
uh, subreddits about um, how folks are using that. Communication, like I mentioned before, is something that wraps together a lot of different uh, skills like mindfulness and, you know, mood management and taking care of yourself in the process. So this podcast, of course, is not therapy. It's not a replacement for um, those important conversations. And when you think about communication, that is one of those times when you might want to Think about getting a second opinion and having a sounding board where you can practice in a really confidential space um, and you can stay mindful to what those priorities are. I find that communication is an area where you start to mash up a lot of different skills together. So if you're curious about the therapy process um, or want to check out more communication and mindfulness skills, feel free to check out my website, therapyforreallife.com. You can reach out to me there and give me feedback about the show. And, um, you know, I'm in the Bay Area where folks can access me there. If you're looking for therapy resources in your area, um, feel free to Google around for that. And in the meantime, continue to take really good care of yourself and this week's homework is to take care of yourself by paying attention to your relationships and seeing if you can do gentle experiments with asking for what you want and being really specific when you do that and mindful and confident and just see what happens. Um, And if it's hard, that's part of it and enjoy the practice. Thank you again for listening and have a great day. Therapy for Real Life also offers workplace workshops to help your team buffer against the stresses of daily life. Therapy for Real Life is known for the Burnout Prevention Hackathon, which teaches your team self-care strategies that are backed by research to help you interrupt burnout and promote self-care. Now that work has moved primarily to virtual and work from home, Therapy for Real Life has adapted the Burnout Prevention Hackathon for the online community. Get in touch to discuss your interest in stress management, burnout prevention, relationship building, and other self-care workshops, and how to adapt these trainings for your team's needs. Email therapy at annacedar.com or visit therapyforreallife.com and click on the workshop page to learn more. Get in touch to discuss your team's burnout prevention training needs. Thank you.